Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. God, you see us. God, your L should die. You're the all-sufficient one. God, you meet every need, everything, God. You're all-powerful. You're the breasty one. God, and we thank you this morning. So, God, I thank you that as I open my mouth to teach your people, God, you speak for me, you speak through me, God, for I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And, God, you shall get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. You know how the song was saying, shifting the atmosphere. The atmosphere does not get shift until you do something. You can't wait on somebody else to do it for you. You have to begin to lift him up to glorify him, and that's when shifting and change come. Amen? I'm going back to Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verse 10 and verse 11, and we want to hear what God has to say this morning on the armor of God. Ephesians 6, verse 10 through verse 11. I'll be reading out the New King James Version, and the Word of God now reads, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I'm going to say it again. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Amen? Amen. We give God glory for the reading of his word. I want to thank God for giving me the opportunity to stand before you to bring forth his word because it is his word. And that's what you have to understand. This is not me speaking. This is God using me to speak forth what he wants his people to have. And I'm going to say it again. This is no game. This is no time to sit in this building and, and look pretty, look handsome, or try to get all eyes on you. It's no time just to sit here and say, I'm here. It's time to wake up. It's time for the church to wake up. It's time for the church to know who you are now that you're in Christ. This is no game. Evil is present. And it is getting worse than it has ever been. And it's going to keep intensifying. And if you're not in your place, 
If you're not in position to stand, you're not going to be able to stand. People take this to play with because the enemy is playing with your mind. He's playing with your money. He's playing with your body. He's playing with your children. He's playing with you to try to make you think that you're okay because your bank account look okay. Because you ain't having no problem with your body because the doctor told you you're okay. He's trying to make you think you're okay. But you are not okay even being born again if you don't know what you have. And we don't want it that way. This is why God sent you the fivefold to teach you, to give you truth. So you will be able to stand in this battle that we're going through. You got to leave yourself out of it. Self couldn't even save you. Some of us are still trying to save ourselves because we don't even realize what God has done on our behalf. So I'm going to go back over verse 10. He's talking to Christians. This is Paul. He's talking to his to Christians, brothers and sisters. He's saying, be strong in the Lord. He said, your dependency, your might, your power is not going to come from you. That's the first thing you have to know in battle. It's not going to come from you. It comes from him. So you got to trust in him. You cannot trust in yourself. You cannot trust in what you have because what you have will leave. But I'm telling you, when everything else is gone, this word is going to stand. So what we have to trust in first and foremost is God. And this is what Paul is telling them. Get over you. Get over thinking that you can fix this so you can fix that. If you could have fixed it, God would not have come down off of his throne as a mere man to walk in the flesh to show us how to live in this evil world and bring forth his kingdom. See, I don't know what Bible some people are reading. I don't know what Bible you're into. But I know one thing, when you get into that Bible and you see what Jesus walked through and what Jesus done, he only did it because of his father. He knew it was not him. Jesus said, I cannot do things of myself. Whatever I see my father do, that's what I do. He would not go outside of the father. Ask your neighbor, are you living according to the father or are you living according to yourself? And let's pause for a minute and think about it. Do anybody hear those words that you just spoken? Let's do it again. Say, are you living according to the Father? Or are you living according to yourself? Say, take the time and think about it. Do anybody hear those words ringing in your ear? Let's be honest. Let's say it again. Are you living according to the Father? Or are you living according to yourself? Come on, let's say it again. It ain't hit you yet, have it? Kim said it has. See, when you repeat it over, see, this is how this is how you meditate. This is how you take in what somebody's saying. See, our biggest issue is we say the Bible says, be quick to hear, 
slow to speak, slow to wrath. But what we do before somebody can finish saying what they say, we interject. Because we think we know what they're going to say. Or we think we already have the answer before they finish saying what they say. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm guilty. We all are. My husband can begin to talk to me. I already heard that. He said, man, that's not what I'm going to say. I feel like a fool. Then when I listen to him, I'm like, oh, I thought you was going to say, no, you need to listen. Then pride want to rise up. Come on, I ain't the only one. Oh, you trying to tell me I'm going to listen. You don't listen either. (laughs) Come on, then self rise up. Come on, I know I'm talking. Because we got caught in something and we don't want to admit what we got caught in. So we got to blame somebody else because they telling the truth. Come on, I know I'm preaching. If I can tell on myself, I ain't ashamed because I know I get it right. Hallelujah, anyhow. I don't mind telling on myself because I'm not ashamed. You know why I'm not ashamed? Because I know who I am, who I belong to. And when I get it wrong and the Holy Spirit speak to me, come on, I make a U-turn and I repent and I have a change of mind and I apologize. And that's all I have to do. We got to get it right. Pride is killing people. Dead. People are letting pride rule their lives and they're saying it's not pride. Anytime you won't hush, that's pride. Anytime you come back and try to explain yourself, that's pride. Where pride is, there is a fall. And I'm still talking about the arm of God. I'm still talking about warfare. You got you can't be ignorant of Satan tactics. And some of us are ignorant. How do I know? Because by your actions, you show ignorance. I'm well guarded. Psalms 91. Yes, I am. He who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide, shall remain up under the shadow of the almighty. I can say of the Lord that he is my refuge, that he is my fortress. And in God, I shall trust. So it don't matter. I'm going to tell the truth no matter how people react. Why? Because I have protection. As long as I'm preaching truth, teaching truth, I don't have to worry about what people say. See, that's when you're in self. That's when you're self-centered. That's when you're thinking according to how can I say this. It ain't about how can you say it. It's how God is going to bring it forth. He knows what's in the room. He the one that sets the table in the presence of your enemy. You ain't the one that sets the table. He sets the table. And whatever he want on that table, that's what you begin to speak. It ain't about you. Oh, yeah, I'm a fireball. Because God is clearing the room. It's time out for playing, y'all. It's time out for getting this truth and going home and doing opposite of what you're getting because you don't pick it back up. You just let it go. You got to be a hearer and then a doer. You can't be a hearer and not a doer because whatever you get taught, the enemy going to try you with it and you're going to know where you are. We are tried by our words. So if God is teaching you about warfare 
He's teaching you to prepare you for a battle. This battle has been going on for years. And the reason why the battle has been going on for years is because, guess what? The enemy wants you to think that the victory has not been won. That's why we got the fight, the good fight of faith. And that comes through the word of God. So he's telling them, you cannot depend on you. You got to depend on his might. You got to depend on his power. And the only way you can do that is getting to know him. It's getting to know what you have now that you're in him. If you're not spending time with him and you're spending more time with other things, those are the things that you're going to go to when something happens in your life. Whomever or whatever you spend more time with, that's what you're going to look to. If you're spending more time with the banks and trying to get this, that, and the other from the banks, instead of spending time with God, trying to say, God, where would you have me to go? Guess what? You're doing it yourself. If you're spending more time trying to figure out what's going on with my body and you having test after test after test after test, but you ain't talked to Mr. Creator, the one that has created you, the one that has made you, the one that knows what's wrong with you from the inside and out, you are wasting your money, you're wasting your time because it's going to get to the point and it's at the point now. We don't know. And they're not going to give up because pride brings a fall. They're going to cut you open, sew you up, cut you back open, give you medications and tell you this is what we think it is. Then you go back and say, I'm feeling the same way. Well, we're going to run more tests. But then your liver messed up. But then stuff ain't functioning right because they gave you the wrong medication because they thought. Oh, God helping somebody. If it ain't in this room, it's somewhere out there on television land, on live screen. I'm saying we got to get before him first. And say, God, what would you have me to do? Y'all, we are in a battle all the way around, physically, mentally, financially, spiritually. It is a battle, and the battle is in the spirit. Come on, it's, it's in the spirit. So we can't use mere human weapons to fight with. This is a spiritual battle. It's not a natural battle. Your lawyer can't save you. Your doctor can't save you. Your husband, your wife, your children, your dogs, your cat, your money cannot save you. It's proven. He's the one that saved you. He's the one that freed you. He's the one that took on all of these things. So when these things come at us, we got some weapons. Am I the only one? Come on. People are having mental breakdowns. People are scared to come out of their houses. Come on, these things are going on. We got war going on, y'all. Do y'all think that Israel is the only one at war? No. People are warring in their homes every day. Battling, crying out to God. And God is saying, I gave you everything you need. For this battle. That's why our dependency is on God. It's not on ourselves. It is on 
God. So that's the first thing we learned. That's why the Bible says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things. Y'all get the all? All things. It didn't say one. It said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I remember when I was in elementary, I believe it was about the fifth grade. I think, Teresa, you can help me with this. It was a teacher we had, Mr. Murray. I believe it was the fifth grade. I did not know that Mr. Murray, Mr. Murray was a pastor. But I found out one day when I was sitting at my desk and I was looking at the stuff he had given me. And I just kept saying, I can't. I can't. And I was getting upset. I can't get it. I can't. And Mr. Murray come to me and he came to me with some authority. He said, I don't never ever want to hear I can't out of your mouth again. You can't. And I remember that through this day. And I said, okay, why this man getting mad at me like that? But I found out he was a pastor. And he was going on the scripture, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So when I'm at the point of giving up, even in ministry, I have to remember I can do all things. I can deal with all things through Christ. I can deal with all kinds of hateful, stubborn, rebellious, deceitful, hearted Christians. I ain't talking about the outsiders. I'm talking about the church. Because that's where it hurt more, y'all. When you allow the enemy to come in the church. The church. You know about the outside. That's just how they are. But the enemy comes in the church is because we open the door. So we have to do things God's way. When we do things God's way, we can live in this evil present world. Because we know what we have in him. In him you live. In him you move. In him. In him. You have your being. Forget about you. Live according to him and not according to you. Because I guarantee you when you live according to him, no matter how low your money get, God already have a way for you. God already worked it out for you. How do I know? Because the Bible tells me that he is my shepherd. That I shall not lack a warning in the area. The Bible tells me that he's Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. So when I get stuck with some money issues, I say, wait a minute, Jehovah Jireh. You are my provider. You're my source. So you already done taken care of this. So show me what you want me to see. We're in a battle. Show me what you want me to do with what I have. And when you put him first and foremost, you seeking first the kingdom of God. You seeking his righteousness, his way of doing things. And the Bible assures me because I'm seeking kingdom. All of these things. Not just part, y'all. Did y'all read that? It said all of these things shall be added unto you. Your clothing, your food, your water, whatever is needed is going to be at it. Why? Because I'm seeking first the kingdom way of doing, the kingdom way of being. So the first thing we have to know is we got to trust God above everything else. Y'all, it's trusting in him, knowing that God is 
who he say he is. Knowing that God has already done what he say that he's going to do. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's not about you. Say, quit making it about you. So the next part of this teaching that I want to do is, before I do it, I want you to know that we're joined unto him. We're one spirit with him. So everything that is his is mine. As he is, so are we in this world. We are heirs of God and we are co-heirs with Jesus Christ. So everything Jesus have, we have. We don't have to try to get anything. It already belongs unto us. So when we remember that, when things go wrong in our lives, we can say, wait a minute, that's already mine. See, I was already chosen even before the foundation of this world. I was already accepted. I was already adopted. I was accepted in the beloved. I'm already forgiven. I'm already healed. I'm already redeemed. I'm already sanctified. I'm all, come on, y'all. The the costs have been paid. So when we know who we are, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. When we know these things, see, when the enemy come at us, we can say, I know who I am. And I know who I belong to. So the next part I want to go over is verse 11. Verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God. So I want to talk about the first part of that. Put on. Y'all know that when you get up in the mornings, male and female, children, all of us. Well, okay, I, I hear you. I was going to say this right here, but I got a little bit of correction. I was going to say, we don't walk around butt naked, but some of you do. So I have to, (laughs) I have to correct that. I heard that. I heard that. Some of you just politely don't want to put on no clothes. Nasty, just nasty. (laughs) Anyway, we put on clothes. We cover up. Amen. So God is saying the first thing is we got to be dependent on him. We got to trust in him. When we trust in him, we can put on. Okay? So God was giving me those scriptures. We're dealing with putting on, y'all. Listen what God was saying here. Oh, it's just so good. Put on the whole arm. Ephesians 4.24 says, and you, and that you put on the new man. Put on. The new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, let me break that down for you. Remember how I say you put on clothes. You don't go out naked, right? You're going you're gonna to put on clothes. You're going to have on your undergarments, and then you're going to have on your clothes over your, un, over your undergarments. Let me say that again. Let me read somebody. You're going to put on your undergarments, and then you're going to have clothes over those undergarments, right? Because if anything happened, you know, you want to make sure you dress. Correct? And you want to make sure they're clean. And I want to put a little notation in there to let y'all know. God ain't after your clothes, okay? He's after your heart. So when that trumpet blows and we're raptured up or those that's raptured up, make sure you have on clean undergarments. Because wherever you are sitting, that's where your clothes are going to be left. Church folk, remember that, Okay? So he said that you put on the new man. Now, we've been in Clem talking about a sin nature. There's a sin nature in every unbeliever 
that is not born again that compels that unbeliever to sin. When the law says not to, the sin nature that's in you rises up and compels you to do what you know not to do. It, everybody in here, before we got saved, we knew our do's and our don'ts. Amen? We knew do's and don'ts. But the moment our parents said don't, that sin nature will rise up in us and we do it anyhow. Right? But now that we are born again, now that we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that sin nature got crucified with Christ. The part of us that compelled us, that drove us to sin, it was crucified. That's why Paul said that I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. So when we understand that that nature have been crucified and it cannot compel us to sin, we understand because we got a new nature on the inside of us, which the Holy Spirit is there. That, you know, he's the one that convicts us of righteousness. We have a new spirit on the inside of us, right? We've been regenerated. So look at this and put on the new man. How do people know that you got on the new man? And I'm going to tell you how they know that you have put on this new man by your actions, by the way you live, by how you talk. They know that you are created in righteousness. They know that you are a new creation because this new man is showing forth action. This new man is living according to God and not living according to self. So people are going to know that you are saved by what you do. And how you act and how you carry yourself. I get so tired of people saying I'm saved and living like a heathen. Just don't say nothing. Just live like you live and you don't have to prove nothing to nobody. When you get into the word of God, you're going to live according to how you've been taught. So we putting on a new man. That new man is this new spirit that's on the inside of us. And for people to see the characteristics, the attributes from that new spirit that's on the inside of us, we have to renew. That's what it takes. So when you put on that new man, people are going to know you have on that new man by your actions. Another scripture is Romans 13, 12 through 14. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. This means that we're living in an evil world. Judgment is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off. I want y'all to get it. Let us cast off the works of darkness. See, we as born again people supposed to be the one to cast off the works of darkness. Anything that the enemy brings at us. I'm going to read the next verses and you understand. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in rivalry. This is darkness. And drunkenness, this is darkness. Not in lewdness and lust, this is darkness. Not in strife and envy. Those are the works of darkness. Jealousy, backbiting, offense. Anything that don't represent light is works of darkness. So if you're living like that, he say, cast it off. Cast it off. 
cast off the works of darkness. Everybody know when they're walking in darkness. Everybody know when they're walking in strife. Everybody know when they're walking in pride. Don't act like Miracle Temple. You don't know because you've been taught. You know what pride is. You know when you're trying to exalt yourself. You know when you're not coming down, when you're trying to prove yourself. So you know when you're walking wrongly. The Bible say cast it off. Why? You cannot keep on wrong armor. The devil don't want you to cast off strife. He don't want you to apologize. Because the Bible say where strife is, there's every evil work. Strife, contention, every evil work. So if you got strife with somebody and you ain't dealing with that strife, what you did was open the door to every evil work and you said, come on in, take a seat. So you're dealing with more than what you started with. And then when you don't forgive, when you're holding a grudge and you know you're holding that grudge and you're saying, I'm not going to apologize because they done me wrong. I ain't done that to them. Come on, you got to humble yourself. If they never apologize, you want to go to them and say, you know what? Please forgive me if I said or if I done anything that wasn't right. You want to show that you're walking in light and not in darkness. Bless those who curse you. Love those who hate you. Now, you don't have to agree with what they're doing, but you want to cast off. Mm. You want to get rid of. You don't want to have something in your heart against somebody and you don't do what the word of God tell you to do. The word say, go to your brother, go to your sister. Hmm. But what we do, we go to somebody else and talk about our brother and talk about our sister instead of getting into, see the enemy sets you up. He said, cast off. See y'all, I ain't even got to the armor yet. I'm talking about what you put on. If you're going to put on God's armor, you got to cast off whatever is holding you to keep you from going into this battle the right way. We got to get rid of self. We got to get rid of all of this stuff we're holding in our heart because we think we're better than anybody else. You ain't no better at getting hurt than I am. He knows that we're going to get hurt when we teach in truth. We, the Bible tells us they hated me. Why aren't they going to hate you? You're a part of me now. If you stand for what I believe, family going to hate you. Children going to hate you. Your dog and cat ain't going to like you no more because you're putting them in their place. They used to pee on the floor all the time. But now you're telling them not in this house you're peeing on no floor. Then they go do it again. Rebellion. Like the sin of witchcraft. Even the dogs bring rebellion in your house. So God is saying you got to cast off these things. You got to get rid of these things. And even if you stand by yourself, you can bring darkness in your house by being deceitful, by lying. When somebody asks you a question and you're trying to be so prideful and act like you live in one way and know you ain't living that way. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. It's in the wrong. Well, you know, when I get paid, I'm going to go do this. Oh, yeah, I've been doing that. Liar! Come on, work! 
mountains. You ain't been doing nothing until somebody said what they did. That's pride. Where pride is, there's a fall. Some of us, some of us don't talk until somebody else says something. Come on, we got to cast off these things. We got to get rid of these things because these things hold us in bondage and we have been set free. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall what? Set you free. I'd rather for somebody to tell me the truth and it hurts than to live that way for the rest of my life. So he said, cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. You can't put on no armor of light until you cast off. You got to get rid of those things. You got to get rid of all of this stuff, this lust. Come on, there's a spirit of perversion that's riding people. And they're trying to tame that thing. You can't tame nothing. The only way it's going to be tamed is through the word of God. And you won't be dipping and tripping no more. Well, pastor, I ain't dipping and tripping. I'm in my house. In your mind, you done dipped, you done tripped, you done flipped. You've been all up in it. Ah, 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 that ain't me. Watching stuff. You shouldn't be watching and your eyes is buck. Somebody come in. Hey. Spirit of perversion. Want something you know you can't have. Cast it off. Holding it in your mind. Woulda, shoulda, coulda, didn't. But want to. Oh, you can't mess with God's people. Don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. Because when you mess with me, you mess with God. Hiding behind the spirit of perversion. Cast it off. Get rid of it. Because if you don't get rid of it, you can't put on no armor of light. Light and darkness don't mix. It don't mix. Come on, you can come out of that fight. You can come out of that fight. Come on, you can get rid of that stuff if you want to. And he's telling you what to cast off. Then in 14 it says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. When you put on Christ, come on, we can put him on all day long. We can be born again and say, you know, he's in me and I'm in him, but we're still living according to the world. And I'm going to tell you why. When that sin nature got crucified, it left behind some habits. If you was dipping and a tripping and doing all that before you got saved, now that you save, if you don't renew your mind, you're going to keep dipping and a tripping. And fall into something you should not have fell into. That's why you got to ask the Lord. What is behind me being cross-eyed? My eyes is crossed. I'm looking at my wife, but my eyes is in another direction. Uh Uh-huh. So silent in here. We're going to talk about it. Don't act like you don't know. Everything is being brought out for a reason. See, it got to be brought up to be brought out. So that flesh can be in the seat cringing. Who told her that? 
Where'd she get all that from? When I call on the Lord, I know he'll come. If you want to be rescued. You only call on him if you really want to be rescued. Because God already know your heart. And he know your thoughts from afar off. Amen. So he said we got to put off to put on. Okay. You got to put off these things. You got to cast away the works of darkness. Everybody know what darkness is. Everybody know what darkness represents. He's telling us to cast it off. He's telling us to put on the armor of light. Y'all, let's go back to Genesis. Y'all remember in Genesis 2.25, it says, Now, remember Adam and Eve, when God created them and he made them in his own image, his own likeness. They were in the garden and they were happy. And at verse 25, it says, And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. These two was naked and not ashamed. They didn't have nothing to be ashamed of because there was no sin. Sin will bring shame. I'm going to give you an example. See, when the enemy has his way in your life and you go after some. Let me go to this scripture. I got to bring something out today. I'm just bringing out where I'm being led. Y'all, I got to bring it out. Because I. I haven't, I can't move off of this because I believe God is speaking to somebody. If he's speaking to somebody, then he want that person to come out, right? There's a scripture in the Bible. And as I get that scripture, actually it's talking about in five and six and in seven, actually it's dealing with adultery. It's dealing with how a man went by this woman's house and she lured him in, Right. And he went after that woman like a, what was that thing? Like an ox. Anyway, I'll find it because I want to show it to you in the scripture. But he fell for it, right? He fell for it and went after that woman. But guess what? When you get up, you ashamed. Come on. Who in this room haven't done something that they shouldn't have done, but didn't feel that shame really to after it was really done? Okay, thank you, Apostle. Proverbs 7.22. Listen at this. Immediately he went after her as an ox go to the slaughter. No, let me go back to 21. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. Men, did y'all know that women would have some enticing speech? The enemy know how to use a woman to entice a man. I'm I'm just going to say this, and men don't take this uh, the wrong way. But some men can be downright ignorant. I'm just going to say, ignorant. You can have a woman all in your face talking about Jesus and they enticing you right then. And you, you just letting it go, you talking with them, then they calling you up and telling you what they want. Can you come over here and can you help me just for a little bit? You ain't consulted with your wife, you ain't consulted with not nobody. You just thinking that you being a generous and kind-hearted man. Yeah, I'll be over there. I'll be over there in just a minute. So you get over there and you thinking you going over there to help her with a tire. And they go a next-door neighbor that could have helped. So you get over there and you think you're doing a good deed with that woman. And she's enticing you. Just enticing you and still holding a Holy Ghost conversation. 
Oh, I love what your apostle, I just love what apostle preached on. I mean, she's just telling the truth, nothing but the truth, enticing you to sin. So it says, with her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduces him. Somebody saying, hush, apostle, no, won't do it. Immediately, immediately, he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks till an arrow struck his liver. As a bird hastens to the snare, he did not know it would cost his life. So what am I saying? When you having those things, you got to cast them off. You got to get rid of those things. See, before you accepted Jesus, some of us was out there. I mean out there. We were out there. We was out there getting women. Women was out there getting men. That was a weakness. So just because you got saved, those, even though that sin nature died, it still left behind those habits. See, when you get saved, that don't mean that you ain't going to stop eating chocolate cake. Okay? That don't mean that you're going to stop eating pig feet and pork chops and all them chops. It ain't going to stop that. But when you know what your body don't need, you're going to go into the word of God and you're going to fill yourself up with what's right and you're going to draw away from what you don't need. Hello, somebody. All of us have weaknesses. We have some habits that we need to get rid of. And the only way we're going to get rid of them is by renewing our mind. And I'm going to tell you, quit sweeping this stuff up under the rugs. We're sweeping it up under the rug and acting like I can deal with this. If you got soul ties, you're not going to be able to deal with it. You got to go into the word of God and get rid of everything that's holding you in bondage to them soul ties. Whomever you come in with is what you're going to come out with. That means if they depressed, if they going through some challenges and you've been with them, you're going to have them same challenges. Oh, I, I know I'm preaching right. If I'm not careful and if my husband is not careful, just because we're married and I may have some weaknesses, those weaknesses going to hit him and he's going to think that's right. His weaknesses can hit me and I'll think it's right. But when I renew my mind, I'm like, oh, the devil is alive. No, not up in here. That's why I have to stay in my word because I don't have to accept everything nobody say just because they save y'all. I don't have to do everything everybody is doing just because they're saved. The marriage bed is supposed to be undefiled. That means there's supposed to be no adultery in that bed. Y'all don't want me to go there. I'm just going to hush right there. You don't do everything that you used to do when you did it in the world. You are a new creation. You have put on a new man and you're going to act according to the new man, not according to that corrupt nature you used to have. Come on, people got to tell you the truth. Whatever you do in your bedroom, that's between you and God. Oh, my Lord, God don't want to see all that. No, ma'am. Let's just move on. So Adam and Eve, they were naked. They were not ashamed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. They were not ashamed. But guess what? When they ate that forbidden fruit, 
something that God told them not to do in Genesis 3, 7. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew they were naked. Come on, they became ashamed. They were not ashamed before walking around naked. Sin brings shame. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. They tried to fix it. But God knew you doing that is not fixing it. What am I saying to people? We do stuff thinking we're fixing something and we're smoothing it over by buying flowers or buying a new car or or loving on a person more. That ain't fixing the problem. That is not fixing a spirit of perversion. So they tried to do it themselves. But what did God do? God showed them his way. How did he show them his way? He killed an animal. Blood had to be shed. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. He said, no matter what you did, that don't make it right. This is how it has to be right. Through the blood of Jesus, he's going to make it right. And if you know he made it right for you, you don't want to do what you used to do because you know what he done. That's how I know people don't spend enough time with Jesus because you won't keep doing the same thing over and over again if you know him. He died. He was crucified. He was buried. But he said, if I had not rose, you would not have benefit from everything I died for. Come on, are we in the word? Once when I was in the world, I acted this way. But now that I'm in Christ, I don't do what I used to do. Why? Because my heart has changed. He gave me a new heart. I got a new spirit. Come on, everything about me is new. But it's in my spirit. But in order to know what I have, it comes through the word of God. And it ain't no excuse. When you're getting taught what you're supposed to do and you refuse to do it, it's rebellion. That's witchcraft. Let me move on. Because I'm going somewhere and I'm staying on this verse. He said, put on the whole armor of God. You can't put on pieces of it. You got to put on the full armor of God, but you can't even put it on until you cast off the works of darkness. We're trying to put on something, but we don't want to get rid of what we're doing and how we're doing it because we rather please man than to please God. I learned a long time ago. It ain't about me. It ain't about how I feel. It's about what he says. Go with me. We're talking about this armor. So we got to cast off darkness before we put on that armor. We know that Jesus took all sin for us, from us. But we still have things we have to do because all of us have outbursts. Don't say you don't. Yes, you do. I'll put it this way. Your outburst may not be as loud as mine. Even a silent outburst is an outburst. Okay. You can be silently angry, and your anger may not as be as loud as mine, but it's got a silent tune to it. But you know the person angry. Hello, somebody? So don't sit up here and tell me you don't get angry. You have a silent anger, and your face turns, your eyebrows shoot up, 
And you're calm as you can be, but you're angry. You're angry. So don't try that. So let's talk about, we take off the darkness. Go with me to 1 Samuel 17, 37 to 40. Y'all, I'm taking my time with this. Moreover, David said, the Lord, this is what David is is telling them. Remember how it was with David. I'm just going to go back through it real quickly. David, um, dad, had father had sent him with some provision for his brothers and for a commander. They were, they were in battle with the Philistines. So the first thing that David did before he left, he was a shepherd. And a shepherd watches over his sheep. He didn't leave those sheep with in and everybody. He made sure those sheep was taken care of before he left. So when David left, this is um, what was happening. David was uh, looking at the battle or Seeing them, I guess, run. (laughs) So David in verse 37, this is what David was saying. He was hearing about the battle. Y'all remember his brother, Elab. He was upset thinking that David was just coming in there just to be nosy. But David began to say the same thing he always said. He did not change his confession. When you know who God is, no matter what people say or do, it does not change your confession. It does not change what you believe. So in 37, moreover, David said, he was talking to Saul, the Lord who delivered me. Now listen at what he's saying. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear. He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. So David dependency was on who? David dependency was on who he recognized I got delivered because of the Lord it was not because of me it was because I put trust in him and not in myself so Saul said go and the Lord will be with you now check this he's telling him to go and the Lord will be with you but look at the next thing so Saul clothed David with his armor wait a minute now you saying the Lord is going to be with me, but you're going to put me on some fearful armor. You're going to clothe me with your armor, and you saying the Lord is going to be with me. Now, if, if this same armor that you had on that you was running from Goliath with, you're going to put it on me? Oh, I'm going somewhere, church. Some of y'all are putting people on fearful armor. You're making people think that you're where you need to be and you ain't. I'm going there. So Saul clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with the coat of mail. Now listen at this. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk. For he had not tested them. That means proved them. He had not used them before. Thank you, Jesus. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these for I have not tested them. So David took them off. I'm here to tell you today, take off everything that you have put on from somebody that don't know the Lord the way they need to know him. You better take it off because it's not going to get you nowhere. 
David said they have not been tested. They have not been proven. I have not used them, so I cannot wear them. You cannot talk to any and everybody because they know the word from the back to the front. It is the life that they live. That's how it proves where they are. It is how they react in situations. You be a follower of Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. You do not follow nobody that is not following Christ. David said, I can't wear. Oh, God, take them off. Take them off. I don't know who you've been talking to. I don't know where you've been. I don't care how they talk and pronounce words so right or make you feel like they live in a lavish life. You better know who you're dealing with. You better know whom you are talking to. Everybody that say, Lord, Lord, don't know him. And the only way you're going to know it is you got to be in the truth for yourself. And the Holy Spirit will be there to let you know. Ah, don't you take that. We got some spies in the camp. Now, let me tell you what David did. The Bible say after he took them off. Oh, God, this is good. God said, take it off. You got to know God for yourself. You can't follow. Now, I can give you the word, but I want you to go back and search the scriptures. Whoever in this ministry give you the word, go back and search it for yourself. You may not understand where they're going. You may not understand where they're coming from, but you got to see a person's heart. And if your heart is full of darkness, if your heart is hardened, you're going to cast off truth because you think you know better. But if you ain't been in the truth, you're going to mock what the truth is saying. And then you're going to go talk about it because you really don't know because your heart ain't where it need to be because it's got darkness there and light can't penetrate because you're not allowing it because your heart is hard. It's more sensitive to how you feel. Have anybody in this room ever been so hurt by so many people that People are giving you truth, but it don't penetrate. How many? I know we got some people in this room like that. You don't even have to raise your hand. And guess what? No matter how nice people are to you. I can, I'm using an apostle for an example. I can be nice to her all day long. I can buy her lunch. I can buy her dinner. I can buy her shoes. I can buy her pocketbooks. And she's laughing and she's smiling. But deep down on the inside, she's still saying, I don't like you. Because she ain't dealt with what's causing her not to like me. She ain't dealt with what's behind her not liking me. And ain't per se me. It's what she been through all her life that she ain't never dealt with. And one thing that I said, it just made it worse. So the enemy pointed more at me than he pointed more at her past. But when she get into the word of God, she can come to me and say, Apostle, I am so sorry. I made it about you, but it wasn't about you. It's about what I went through when I was so little. And nobody didn't pay me no attention. So when you start loving on me I hated you even the more because the enemy didn't want me to cast off the 
It's a lot of casting off up in this church. A lot. People are holding on to hurt. And God is sending people to love you. The way he wants you to be loved. And soon as they say something that stirs up what you holding. Then you bite, biting their head off for no reason. Because of what you've been through and you haven't dealt with what you've been through. David recognized, I can't go in battle with this. Because this ain't mine, this is yours. So what David did, he took his staff. A staff represent authority. He took his staff in his hand. And he chose for himself. Y'all listen at this. David chose for himself. You got to choose for yourself. My husband can't take me to heaven or hell. I got to choose for myself. My life is not based on what he do or how he do it or when he do it. My life is based on Christ. I cannot wait on him to love me. And I'm not saying he don't like I want to be loved. I have to get into the word of God and say, if he never loved me, if he never treat me like I wanted to be treated, I am loved by my father. And his love is greater than any love my husband can give me. And being that I know his love, I know how to love him. Come on, y'all, let's get it right. Ain't no man or woman can fulfill what you're going through but God. I don't care how much they try to do it. They can be there for you, but they cannot fill those voids in your life. That's why David, it said, he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. And I'm going to use that as the five-fold ministry. Because when you got the five-fold in the midst of you and teaching you in the ways of the Lord, teaching you how to be equipped for battle, teaching you, he chose for himself and put them in a shepherd's bag. Come on. He put them in a shepherd's bag. That reminded him, I'm the shepherd. I watch over the sheep. And being that he put it in a shepherd's bed, he said his shepherd ain't going to leave him. And though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, David knew God. So then he put it in his pouch, which he had, and his sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. David was ready because he knew it wasn't nationwide on his side. He knew it was God of armies. Of the, what is that? Shib, what is that uh, name of God? Sabaya. Thank you, Teresa. He knew who was with him. When you know who with you, you don't have to try to go nowhere else because you know you got him on your side. So David chose for himself. What am I telling you? You may come in here on Tuesdays. You may come in here on Sundays. You got to choose for yourself. You got to choose for yourself if you're going to get into the word of God. You got to choose for yourself. Am I going to be the leader that God chose me to be? Or am I going to look at how somebody else is doing it and do it that way? When you get into the word of God, you're going to know how to lead. You're going to know how to lead. You ain't going to be a follower. You're going to be a leader. Because you know what the word is saying. Now. 
I want to talk about David again. I'm going to go to verse 41 now. Listen at this. So I'm going to tell you how the enemy does. Now we talked about putting on the whole armor of God. You got to put on all the armor, the full armor. But before you can put it on, you got to cast off the works of darkness. Light and darkness don't mix. You cannot go into a battle with strife. You can't go into a battle with jealousy. You can't go into a battle with pride because that's the enemy's armor. You don't go in there that way. So David had to take off Saul's armor. He says, not mine. I'm not used to it. You got to go into the battle with what you're used to. You can't go into the battle with what you heard on. See, we're listening to too many YouTubers. We're listening to too many people and it's okay to listen to people. But if you're not in the right space, if you're not in the right mindset, you don't listen to what everybody else say because it could be darkness behind it. When you cannot know the difference between darkness and light, anybody can speak the word, but it could be something behind it. So we have to be so careful. We don't go on what other people do. We go on what the word says and we allow God to minister to us according to where we been. Not where everybody else is. So David, this is what, this is what the Philistine did. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. Just because you're a youth, just because you're good-looking, don't mean that you don't have the power of God. Amen? And then he says, so the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? Come on. This is what the enemy going to do, y'all. When you get in your rightful place, the enemy going to come at you and make you feel like you're nothing. He's going to try to make you feel insecure. He said, and the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. So words will kill you. If you go on what the enemy is saying, it will kill you. That's why you got to know the truth. You got to always know what the word of God is saying. You can't go on somebody else. You got to get it for yourself. If I'm bringing it to you, you got to go back in it and get it for yourself. I had to get it to bring it to you. And God has given it to me this way. He may give it to somebody another way, but it's still the word of God. So David said to the Philistine, listen to what he said. You come to me with the sword and with the spear and with the javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Looking at David, David said, I'm not coming to you with the sword, with the spear. He knew who was more powerful than Goliath. Do we know who's more powerful than what we're going through? Do we really know that? Some of us do. Some of us don't. How do I know? Because some people go to what they know and it ain't God. We go to money. We go to how people treat you. As long as they treat me nice, I love them. When they bow up at me, I hate them. You're in a fallen world. And when you deal with fallen people, 
They're not going to love you the way you need to be loved. They're not going to treat you the way you need to be treated. They're not going to do to you the way you do to them. But you still do according to the word of God to show them who you belong to. You may curse me, but I'm going to bless you. You may hate me, but I'm going to love you. They're supposed to see the God in you. How are they going to see God if you acting like them? You got to give to me before I give to you. The devil is a lie. Hmm. So this is what David said. He told him how he was coming. And then David spoke this. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. And I will strike you and take your head from you. Little man was talking. And this day I will give the carcasses up. Listen at this. He wasn't only talking to Goliath. And this day I would give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth and all the earth. Listen at this. May know that there is a God in Israel. Uh, y'all, I'm going to ask you a question. How are people going to know who you serve if you ain't serving him? How are people going to know who you serve? If you ain't serving him. Now see. When God tell me to do something. I do it. Outside of how the church feel. You know why? Because I'm going to obey God rather than you. So whatever God tell me. That's what I'm going to do. I don't care what you feel. How you feel or what you think. I'm not here to serve you. I'm here to serve God. And you're going to know the God I'm serving. By what I do. And how it turned out. That's, see, this is the problem with the church. We talk all this smack, but ain't no action. You talk smack, but it's supposed to be some action behind your smack. If you tell people, God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. How can you tell people something you don't believe? They're supposed to see it in your life. They're supposed to see your needs met when you didn't know how your needs was going to get met. Don't use a word that you can't even use for yourself. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Don't tell people he's a healer if you never tried him as a healer. Don't tell people that foolishness. Because it's foolishness. Anything you tell somebody, you're supposed to live what you're telling. Don't tell people that God will restore a marriage. When you, come on somebody. When you don't want yours restored. Don't even put restore in it. Just say cancellation. Let's start telling the truth. Don't tell people, you know, he will keep you in perfect peace. Who mind is stayed on thee because you trust in him. And your mind is all over the place because you don't trust him. And you ain't in perfect peace. Don't tell people that. This is what you tell them. I'm not going outside of the word. The word said, this is what he'll do for you. If he's not, if it's not happening for me, don't mean that it can't happen for you. That's how you tell him. We got to live according to what we say. Paul say, I only speak what I believe. If you don't believe it, you don't need to be speaking it. Because ain't nothing happening with what you're saying. Come on, we got to be true. So let's see. David spoke. 47 said, then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. 
for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. Did he do it? Did David cut off his head like you said? Did he do it? But it wasn't David. It was the power of God that used David to do it. So anything that God says, we supposed to do it. And people supposed to see the glory of God through what we did. Come on, y'all. This is battling. This is a spiritual warfare that we're in. I haven't even went over the army yet. And I'm going to stop here because we got to know everything before we think we're going to go put on something and we ain't cast off the works of darkness. See, we got to handle things according to God's way and not our way. And let me tell you something. And I think it's numbers 32 or 33. I'm not for sure. Your sins will find you out. The reason why Moses was saying that is because it was one tribe that wanted to stay in this land while they go into the land of Canaan. But Moses was telling them, no, I don't want to do that because we all got to go in battle together. But then he said, I tell you what, we'll leave our families here, our cattle here. We'll help you fight and then we'll go back. Moses said, okay, I can agree with that. He said, but if you don't do what you said, your sins is going to find you out. Meaning that people are going to know you didn't do what you said. What am I telling you today? Your sins. It's going to find you out because whatever you said to somebody and you don't do what you said, your sin is going to find you out. So you better be true to yourself. Don't try to be exalted. If you tell somebody, I'm going to give you this and they don't get it, your sin is going to find you out. Just say at this time, I don't have it, but as the Lord bless me with it. I'll be glad to contribute. You don't just say things just to make you look good and know you're not going to do it. That's a lie. Your sins will find you out. Whatever you do in darkness, it's going to come to light. I don't care. See, this is what I'm going back here. I got to go back here. God got me in this area with adultery. I got to say this. If a man sleep with a woman or a woman sleep with a man, somebody going to tell somebody. Ain't going to be no secret no more. Somebody going to tell somebody. The woman going to tell her best friend. The best friend going to tell somebody else because the best friend ain't your best friend. The man going to go tell another man bragging on I got a wife at home and then I got a girlfriend, you know. And then that friend going to go tell somebody else because that one don't like that one because he think he's just all this in a bag of chips. So your sin. It's going to find you out. So I advise you to go in your house and take a seat. Pray carefully with God first. And you'll be the first one to tell your husband and to tell your wife, I messed up. Be a man. Be a woman. Because I'm getting ready to tell you this is coming up and coming out. I ain't this one part of what I was teaching. But this has to be a warning for somebody who's been ducking and dodging and think it ain't going to be told. I don't care how much money you give her. It's never going to be enough. It's time to tell the truth. Because you're getting ready to get set up. And then through some of those adventures you have, you have some lookalikes out there. Mm-hmm. Look just like you. 
your sins will find you out. I always tell young people this. Keep Peter in the pants and keep Lucy tied up. Your sins will find you out. We're in a battle, y'all. And everything that I went over is things that you got to do to prepare yourself. For this battle that you're in, y'all, this is no joke. You better get rid of this unforgiveness. You better get rid of this bitterness. You better get rid of this offense and this jealousy. You better deal with this stuff that's dealing with you and you acting like it's not dealing with you. It is dealing with you. We got hate in the room. It has turned into hate. And where hate is, there is murder. And you don't have to physically murder somebody. You doing it with your mouth. It's time. If you're going to be who you say you are in him, cast off these things. Get rid of these things. The devil cannot hold you no more. Not unless you want to be held. Come on, y'all. It's time to let go and let God. Athea, I need let go and let God. We got to let go. It's too much going. Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.